0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is Episode 75 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com.
2: On today's show, we chat with Dr. Tom Shell of Novell Research. Tigipedia focuses on Manuka honey. In Critter Nutrition, we look at ways to support the equine respiratory tract. And in Coffee Clutch, we share funny holiday stories about pets. Listen in. <laughs> So Patty, I have some really awesome news. What is that, Tiggs? I found a new awesome vet. Oh, I can't
1: wait to hear about it. So what makes what what makes it awesome? What's awesome?
2: First of all, it's the first vet office I've walked into that is designed for animals. <laughs> okay. I'm so sure. there's one there's one entrance for cats. Oh. And they have their own little examining rooms and right area. And then there's the area for dogs and the dog. they smart. They're really smart. And the dog examination room is in the shape of an L. So it's quite large. There's a couch in it for the human, there's uh, water and toys for the dog. Wow. Uh, they keep their treats in a drawer which Thunder Bear immediately smelled. And um, between the tech and the vet, he, he almost had a meal of, of Oh, tricks. wow. And this this is a brand new clinic. It's been open maybe three weeks. And this vet has been working in emergency medicine and all different vet clinics in the area. He was trained at the University of California at Davis and he comes in with this big smile, and I'm thinking, and this is different. <laughs> this, yeah. this is different, because most of the time they come in sort of very serious, and and he just comes in with this big old smile and says hello, and says hello to Thunder Bear, and, and I went, wow. And then he starts talking about, looking at the, you know, the chart, and and just asking questions about the dog's lifestyle and how did i find him and tell me about him and how would you describe his personality and oh wow it it it's it just a totally different approach totally different and i think that approach sets the owner at ease it sets the dog at ease cuz the owner's at ease and the coolest thing was he was there because I thought Thunder Bear maybe had done something to his cruciate ligament. And what this vet who told me to call him by his first name, which I loved, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he has a, a, he has diminished hearing. He said from being such a a raving rock and roll person. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) he has this stethoscope that's plugged into these headphones Oh and neat! So, yeah, so he holds the stethoscope up and he said, "Hey, you want to hear?" And I went, "Oh yeah!" So we put the headphones on, and of course, you really hear the heartbeat. It's it's so profound to hear it amplified in headphones. That's pretty cool. And and really, it sounded like a drum beat. Bum, 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 bum. Oh and, wow! It made me think of the heartbeat of the earth mm. to hear it in stereo like that. How and neat. then he said, "Hey, listen to your own heart. So I you know slugged it over and I could h- hear my circulation system.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Oh yeah, it was it was it was so cool. And then, you know, I, I, it's a hind leg issue, right? But he starts with the front paws. Hmm. Yep. And then the back paws. Hmm. And I I thought, this is my kind of vet. And, you know, I've gone through a lot of lameness exams with vets. And they, you know, trot the dog and they poke here and there. And then they take him in for (laughs) x-rays, you know. He spent probably 20 minutes feeling his muscles, moving adjusting the stifle but taking his time it's, not yeah. rushing through it and the leg that the that thunderbear had been showing as being the problem wasn't the problem right it was the other one and because it had he's pulled a muscle up in his his hip on the right but so he overloaded the left there's nothing wrong with the left. It was just overloaded. <laughs> the real issue was on the right. That's pretty interesting. And it's just, you know, three weeks of rest and and some good old anti-inflammatories. And then, so I'm love and this guy is really fun. I mean, he's just got fun, great energy. So then he takes me back to the drug area, right, where all his <laughs> pharmaceuticals are. And it's it's sort of like remember the days when you were young and you went to a drugstore and they actually had a pharmacist that oh, yeah you know had a, talked to you yeah that wasn't yeah. in a, you know in these modern Walgreens kinds of places that's what it felt like and he had this you know a a book that you know described every single medicine and what the side effects mm, are mm. He went through it all with me. Oh, and why dosage and, and, you know, I, I say to all vets out there, if you, if, if you could take the time to do what this vet did, you would do more for your per- profession mm. than, than even curing cancer yeah, because pretty- to make an experience that good and, and he let Thunder Bear loose. I mean, Thunder Bear was just wandering around back there, and he wasn't freaked out. Nobody was worried about, oh, my God, there's a loose dog. Right. The techs were talking to, to Thunder Bear and giving him more treats, and it it was... Well, it, it was so was,
1: relaxed. I mean, it sounds like it was just so relaxed. It wasn't a big relaxed. deal,
2: and, yeah. and that's pretty cool. That's exactly. pretty cool. So that's pretty cool. A real shout-out to uh, this new vet in Charlottesville, and I... I I hope we can have him on Healthy Critters and introduce our listeners to this this really wonderful vet that's come to to I Charlottesville. think That's a great idea. Cool. That's and we story. have another vet on the show, Dr. Tom Shell. So that's great. Right. Oh, good. We have a great show. show. Let's get going. Sounds good. And we're here with Dr. Tom Shell from Novell Research, and Dr. Shell and I have become. Um, uh, you know, sort of partners in arms, if you will, in uh, in striving to you know focus on what real health and well-being is for dogs and horses and and Dr. Shell also helps humans. So I'm thrilled to have Dr. Shell here to talk about his newest creation, which I think is going to be a real boom to uh, equine and canine owners alike, and it's a launch of a very unique website called Second Vet. So welcome, Tom, to Healthy Critters.
0: Whoa, thank you. It's a pleasure.
2: So how did you come up with the idea of creating a, a new website, and, and for what reason? What What's...
3: What's the theory behind philosophy behind it? Well, second second vet. The website's going to be second vet, so it's spelled out s e c o n d v e t dot com. Second vet's been a uh, it's been my consultation site for uh, two or three years now, and uh, we used to have a forum based off of the website, and um, um, it just brought a tremendous amount of questions from people. Looking at what we do, what I've always done as a veterinarian with our patients, whether if they're small animal, canine or or equine patients and kind of using alternative therapies with them. And uh, that's kind of drifted over into Facebook. And the long story short is, is that there's so many questions out there, whether if it has to do with horses or dogs um, regarding alternative therapies, you know, what options are out there. And many know that in my own patients, you know, we do use conventional therapies, um, but we also use a heavy load of uh, um, our heavy base of alternative therapy. So the whole concept was, was to try to create a, a portal, if you will, courtesy of, of Tigger there with that, that name portal to create this portal to where owners can basically become members of this portal to pick my brain, to pick your brain Tigger, because you're hopefully going to be a part of this, yep. um, mm-hmm. to Post on forums uh, that we will have active for them so they can post questions, try to you know pick our brains, come about with some options and some, loo- some solutions for themselves. As part of that membership, they will also have access to very in-depth articles. They will have access to audio files to where they can listen to these in their car or whether if they're riding their horse or raking leaves this time of the year. Um, they will also have access to videos that we are producing and working on and the whole goal is, is to just spread information. Um, there's a lot of, for lack of a better word, there is a lot of good information on the internet, but there's a lot of bogus information that is tossed back and forth between owners. And a lot of the times they're just kind of haphazardly grasping at straws. And what I am hoping to do is to bring some truth to what is out there to shed a little bit of light on options that are available and to kind of create a, uh, a portal or an avenue of discussion between owners and individuals such as myself and yourself that are actually using these protocols, using these therapies, using these options um, in patient care every day, so that hopefully we can spread that information to the owners. If that makes sense.
2: (laughs) What you know, while you were talking, I was immediately thinking about Patty and um, Patty gives clinics all over the country. Mm -hmm. And Patty, just think of all well, the- I,
1: I I just thought of three horses that I want. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I was just sitting. I, I there. know. As I'm listening to him talk, I'm like, "Can you shut up a second? I want to read about you. Hold on. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean?" And um, but but that but that's 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 where we are in this day and age, and that's the great thing about how we can, like you were saying, through Facebook and all these other avenues, um, because of the internet and social media, that you can actually reach out and find out different avenues to treat your animals um, because as I think we all know, you know, there was a time period where if, let's, if you use a horse, for example, is, you know, if something's going wrong, I'm sure it's their hocks. I'm sure it's their feet. I'm sure it's, you know, whatever. And you you keep doing these inject, injecting things and th- nothing's helping. And, you know, as a trainer trying to tell the client the right avenue to go, you want to be able to have somebody who is willing to do obviously that type of treatment, if needed, but also have some other options. So I think this is like a great idea. Exactly.
3: Well, yeah, I, and, and when you when you look at social media, I don't mean to cut you off there. I apologize no, 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 for no, that. no, you're, but, you're
2: going but, exactly you know, where I, I was going. Yeah,
3: so, social media. I mean, Facebook, being in particular. I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan of social media. We we do it just so that I can, or I do it to you know to try to educate horse owners. And generally, once a right. week, I'll post a topic, but. What I've discovered over the past few years is, is, social media, it 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 is a, is it a source of information? I I don't know. I mean, I I've yet to determine that. But what I see is, is that you have a group of people that say, hey hey, that's that's pretty neat, and they're gone. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe they come back down the road and they're kind of trying to pick your brains. But I don't see it as the best avenue to truly learn. When you see somebody post say, in a um, thoroughbred group, say, for instance, and they say, hey, you know, I've got this constant thrush going on with my horse, you know, what's everybody using? And you have 101 different posts and comments from people saying, hey, I do everything from dilute bleach to Listerine, or maybe I put diapers on my horse's feet. And they're just all anecdotal things that they're throwing in there. And do some of them work? Yeah, I suppose. But to me, it's about real information. And it's about... Not just treating that thrush, but it's about trying to get that owner to see why does that horse have that thrush. Let's not just throw some listerine or copper tox on it or some farrier's remedy on it. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's try to fix that problem. And so on Facebook, social media, I see people just kind of grasping at straws. They're looking for that listerine solution, but it's not really a solution because they're going to be back in a month, two months. So. To me, it's really important to try to get them to understand what's going on with that foot, really what's going on with the health of that horse and how we can try to fix it from that perspective. And then we don't need the list to read, if that makes sense, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that, that I I really love about you, Tom, is that you not only understand the veterinary side and the alternative therapy side, but you really understand the foot component. I I think way more, uh, way more than, than many vets do. I've, I've been, you know, frequently surprised in, in a really, in a great way of your knowledge of, of the foot and the trim and the angles because so many vets are, are very good vets, but they kind of go, well, you know, just have your farrier take care of this. Right, and right. Yeah. I I really appreciate that you are are so knowledgeable about the foot and the role it plays in the whole horse, not just sure. the fact that the, they are a mechanism for standing and moving and supporting this 1,000-pound body, but... I anybody who's who's got horses or a horse with a hoof issue, it's reflecting another issue going on somewhere else in the body. Right, mm-hmm. right.
3: And then oftentimes that, that foot is, you know, it's actually unbeknownst to the owner and unbeknownst to the veterinarian and even the farrier, that foot is actually often the main cause of many of the other problems that you see with a horse, whether if it's lumbosacral issues or attitude issues or even gastrointestinal. Um, You know, you need to track back down to that foot because that foot is generally a main source of discomfort for that animal. And that discomfort then transfers into the stress response. You alter that stress response, and then everything just gets thrown out of whack in that entire animal. So it's extremely important. The foot is extremely important. And that's, you know, and it's one of those things that I'm hoping to try to address, you know, through the second vet forum and the uh, uh, and the portal is to educate owners on that. However, the hard part, Tig, as you and I both know, is, is that even if you try to work with somebody remotely, you know, whether if he's up in your neck of the woods or here, If you you can educate that owner on that hoof, meaning they can send me photos, I can mark them up, I can talk to them on the phone and Skype with them and go over these photos. But ultimately, it's up to them and their farrier to try to fix it. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of the cases, the farrier is not completely on board. They truly don't understand. And so the problem never actually really gets resolved. And that's, that's probably the most frustrating thing for myself. And that's where the owner has to kind of get involved and, you know, look over the shoulder of their farrier when they're trimming. And as I tell all owners before that farrier leaves, you know, pick up a foot, check the balance, yeah. check things, make sure Grab that they're where walk. they need yeah. to be. But most owners don't even do that. They don't even know how to check for balance. You know, they don't know, but you know, honestly, there's a lot of owners that I've bumped into that don't even know how to pick a foot out you know, take a hoof pick to it. So we've got a long way to go, I guess is, is the, uh, is the point. So are you going to do
2: a a video, you know, on, you know, the balance of the foot, what to look for? That would be an awesome video. That would be an
3: awesome video. um, Yeah, I do. We, we, I think we've, we've got, uh, five or six videos done already and we've got everything from the basic examination to doing a lameness exam, neurological exam, um, I do have a um a foot lameness video that's done and I do I think I've got a video on there to where I do go over how to, you know, to balance the foot and how to try to find the uh the coffin bone and the uh the breakover point and and things along those lines. So those videos are there and I can certainly make more. They can be a little bit of a challenge in some cases to try to do those videos because the horses that we have here are fairly young thoroughbred so they don't like to stand still for too long uh to uh you know to have their foot picked up and to uh you know to kind of go over anatomy things along those lines so um you know but yes to answer your question I, i do have those videos on that site and it's you know and it's always interesting to have you know owners in the past what i would like to see is people to interact and to post photos of, of their horses' own feet um so that we can address things and look at things and compare you know this things along those lines. But the hard part that comes with that is everybody tries to, you know, maintain anonymity and, and everybody's afraid, geez, you know, if I post my Gelding's foot, you know, what's he gonna what's he gonna say? Um and it's not a matter of, of criticism. It's a matter of, you know, awakening to concepts, to ideas. And to say, hey, you know, look at the heel position on this guy. This is where it needs to be. So the next time that owner has that foot trimmed, he or she can can say, hey, you know what? This is the difference that needs to be made. You know, these are the changes um, that need to be made. And it's and it's not a criticism. It's a it's a matter of just trying to pass on knowledge to say, look, you're having these ongoing issues. Let's fix them. And this is how. But uh, you know, you got to get that farrier involved. And sometimes that's an uphill battle. Yes. Mm.
2: Yes. Yep. Sure. So will you still be doing consultations through Second Vet?
3: Yeah, personalized consultations. The forum will be there for people to ask questions um, to, you know, uh, for whatever that question may be. But if they want to get into personalized stuff with their own horse's particular situation, um, that can take more time. So personalized consultations will be available to where I can interact with them, you know, outside of the forum and go over everything from their diet to you know, foot care and exercise and and whatnot. Um, you can get involved, take with those as well, and to help mm-hmm. guide with nutrition. Uh, but yes, personalized consultations will be a part of that of the uh, portal if they so choose. Will but they be they able to send post.
2: you X-rays um, yep. if they want a second opinion on radiographs?
3: Yep. As my, you know, my consultations right now, which will be the same, it'll carry over the same. So in those types of personalized consultations, you know, we're looking at everything from lameness conditions to, you know, gastrointestinal complaints, uveitis cases, whatever seems to be bothering the horse, that the owner just can't seem to get resolved. So in those cases, you know, I'll receive and look over anything that they've got. So it can include... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, full radiographs. If they've got MRIs, that's great. Um, you know, allergy panels. You know, their full blood work, pictures, images, whatever I can get my hands on to give me a better idea of that animal. Yeah, they can they can share it with me, and it um, you know kind of helps to round out the picture and give us a better idea how to manage that critter.
2: You know, I uh, speaking of the foot, I had to take one of my dogs in because I thought maybe he had blown a cruciate ligament. And I went to a new vet today, and he uh, started with the paw, and I didn't say anything, but Mm -hmm. my first reaction was, "Have you talked to Tom Shell? What are you doing (laughs) looking at the paw?" (laughs) And you got to rule
3: out the obvious, right?
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. He he told this story about you know a lame poodle that had so many mats in his. In his paw and they couldn't, you know, Aww. the owners couldn't figure out how he was lame. He said, but, but no matter where the problem is, orthopedically, he starts with the feet. And I, it just made me think of you because I, 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 I think the veterinary, veterinary medicine at large in 2018 sort of focuses on the symptom and sort of forgets the whole.
3: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I, you know, we we've, we've talked about that, and that's you know, it's 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 the same philosophy as in human medicine, and, and you know, it's it's not that conventional medications and therapies don't work, but they're they're not really addressing the underlying problem. And you know, as a veterinarian for for going on 25 years, you know, it's it's disheartening to me to go to veterinary conventions each year for continuing education purposes for my license and see lectures on things like, um, you know, uveitis in a horse or allergies in a horse or, you know, certain lameness conditions. And it's the same therapies. It's the same approach that's being offered now as what was offered when I was, you know, as a student, you know, close to, well, geez, 28 years ago as a student. So the therapies really haven't changed. They come out with new medications, but those medications are really just branches off of the other medications we had. I mean, it's like saying you have a lime horse, our horse with Lyme's disease. That uh, you know, we've got a new medication. and That's minocycline instead of using doxycycline. Well, mm-hmm. it's the same medication. You know, it's nothing new. Um, we haven't changed our approach. We haven't come out with a miracle cure. It's, it's really what it means is is that we've gathered resistance to the antibiotic we were using. So now we have to come out with a new antibiotic. So those are the approaches that you know are currently being used, and in some cases they do work, but. You know, as you and I have discussed, I mean, alternative therapies to me really aren't alternatives. Um, You know, to me, it says, hey, try everything first. Mm -hmm. And then, well, as a last resort, try alternative therapies. Well, to me, a good sound nutrition program, first and foremost, should be at the root of any therapy you do. So, you know, to view it as an alternative therapy is bogus. But Tig, as you and I have talked about, there's a lot of owners out there that you just mentioned the word whole food to. And they say, Mm -hmm. well, what does that mean with my horse? Yeah, you say well, it means whole food. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> not a
1: potato
3: you know? chip. Yeah, not a potato chip, and and, and not a Scooby snack. Uh, you know, we're, <laughs> we're talking aren't real. Foods. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, right. So there's there's a lot of ground to cover, and a lot of people do believe in you know alternative therapies, and they want to try them. You know, they're scrambling with their own horse, whether if it be a tendon injury or long standing insulin resistance and laminitis you know they've reached the end of their rope and they're 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 looking for options they're looking for for solutions and they're out there they're out there it's just nobody's really discussing them and talking about them and that's what I'm hoping what we can do
2: yeah i'm i'm really excited about this portal and mm. it it is i think one of the benefits of being a a membership portal is that it kind of keeps the there can be a tendency in social media of people anonymously presenting themselves as know it alls. Sure. And yeah. they can intimidate people who just want some information right. or yeah. want to learn. And then they get intimidated by the people that just jump on there and proclaim their magnificentness. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And yeah. the nice thing about a a, a paid portal, is that it really restricts um, what I call the loud mouths. Um, they may be very knowledgeable people, but they sort of float from one forum to the next with their opinion. And in a paid forum, it tends to be people who are really in search of knowledge. Yeah. And um, they want a private place to do that. And there is a lot of information um on the internet, but it takes hours and hours and hours and hours to seek it out, and I, I would say most dog owners and most riders don't have that kind of time. So this right. portal to me is is really going to be an invaluable resource for horse and dog owners, and I, I was championing it from the moment that Tom you know, mentioned the idea. And I was like, yeah, this is exactly what we need. So when do we think this is going to be open?
3: She is live and ready to go. We're just running into some technical issues um, uh, on the back end of it. So we are hoping to have it fully launched live and active on the 10th or by the 10th. Uh, December. So December 10th, 2018 is, is our tentative launch date as of now. So she should be live and ready to go. Um, and, by that And
2: point what in time. is the, the URL?
3: The URL is going to be secondvet.com. So it's S-E-C-O-N-D-V-E-T.com will be the uh, URL. Awesome.
2: Well, I, I encourage all our listeners to go check out Second Vet and you'll see Dr. Shell there and I'll be there lurking in the shadows
3: somewhere. <laughs> well hopefully That's more than creepy. that, right?
2: <laughs> and Patty, you know, spread the word. Oh, I, I am so looking forward to this. With all your clients. Well, good, good. Um, absolutely. Because I really think this is this is what the horse community has really needed.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So
3: Well they, they, they've they needed it. We've needed it. You need it in the, uh, you know, and, and with the, with the dogs as well. But, you know, I, I think in a lot of cases people, people have a lot of questions, but they're afraid to ask. And, and that's what I'm hoping to kind of break that barrier down, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and allow people that freedom to ask, Right. Um, you know, as Tig said, without, without being worried about being torn to pieces on the, uh, yep. on the internet. Um, and, uh, you know, I certainly don't tolerate that. I've never tolerated it, And, uh, I know Tig and I will certainly police things to certainly keep things under (laughs) under control, right, Tig?
2: You got it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm looking forward to learning the experiences of riders and dog owners. I mean, I I still have a lot to learn, and I'm looking forward to hearing things that people have tried or done that
3: Mm -hmm. is out
2: of the box, and I go, wow, I didn't even think of that.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that's the truth.
2: Yeah. It's a learning portal
3: for all of us. Yeah, it is. It so, is a lot to learn. A lot to learn. You can't know it all. I don't know, know it can't. all. But uh, you know, you interact with people and you you pick up on things and you figure out how it works and you you put it into play.
4: Hello, hello,
2: hello, hello, Heddy.
4: How are you, Hetty? I'm super. I'm <laughs> sitting in front of my fire, warming my tail. Oh,
1: that sounds perfect.
4: Pretty so, much, H- yes. Hetty, I have a question
1: for you. I have answers. <laughs> so, whether you're feeling well or you're under the weather, how do you, or how does your servant? Choose um, a vet for you? Like, how do you, what are the requirements that you have?
4: Well, for me, I just try to, you know, stay away from them horrible people. But uh, the servant, I believe, requires a full CV check and background investigation, safe (laughs) sport, and um, verification that they have not participated in a hashtag me too kind of harassment because of my adorableness. After that, the Secret Service checks them out to make sure they're not hostile <laughs> or associated with the hostile power in any way. And then we send in the goblin brother, and if he lives, my sister and I go in and investigate.
1: Okay, okay so your brother's just, for all intents Cannon purposes, fodder. He, okay. Cannon
2: Where's... fodder.
1: Oh, cannon fodder. I was going to say guinea pig, which was going to really upset Tigger.
4: <laughs> cannon <laughs> fodder. Okay. Like a pawn on the chessboard, send it first. If it dies, the losses are small.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does so, personality of the vet play in any role? Well, I don't like
4: any of them. They're evil, all of them. The human insists that they be properly respectful toward me and my sister, which is nice. Um if they have a Weird glen like problem with Pomeranians, they're obviously <laughs> not allowed, right? And um, if they say they like cats, we tend to do better with them. Oh, okay, oh. because Poms are sometimes cats.
1: So, what about like when you go into the room and, and you see that big, kind of sterile, scary looking metal table? Does that freak you out, or are you good because you're with your servant?
4: I'm never fine because I'm with my servant. I'm always terrorized that she will do something remarkably stupid. Right. Right. Which she will and has already done by taking me to El Veterinario.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So basically what you're just saying is avoid at all costs. But if you do go have the secret service check out the digs and send in your Cannon fodder, aka your brother.
4: Yes, full background check, Secret Service investigation, full CV review, then send in brother.
2: Okay. (laughs) Send in brother. Got it. Got it. I I think that's simple. I do too. I'll pass it on to the Aussies. I don't know if I would, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) a lot of work. I'm sure Wookie will appreciate it. (laughs) I'm sure Wookie will. Okay, right, well, thanks, Hedy. Thanks, Hedy. We appreciate it.
4: Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Adios.
1: So we're now at the Tiggerpedia portion of our show, and I have recently had a lot of questions about Manuka honey and the benefits for using it with your dogs and your horses. And so, Tigger, this is kind of a, one that's near and dear to both of our hearts. So tell us a little bit about how we can use it.
2: Well, Manuka honey is a, a unique honey that is produced in New, in New Zealand. By bees that pollinate the manuka bush, <laughs> hence the n- name manuka honey. Mm-hmm. It's different from your standard raw honey. And one of the reasons it is, is that it it seems to have antibacterial effects. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the very common uses of manuka honey that most people know about is as a wound dressing Right, And again, that's due to what's known as UMF, Unique Manuka Factor. And so far, scientists haven't figured out exactly what it is, but it does have these um, antibiotic qualities. And that's why it can help heal wounds so quickly and reduce scarring. Mm -hmm. But Manuka is also really useful internally. So I I recently, one of my dogs, Wookiee, was just off her food and still full of energy. And I, I made like three trips to the vets. She threw up, she was off her food, you know, and they gave her an anti-vomiting and then put her on antacids. And it would work for... For you know, like two days, and then she'd be off again, and and the third time I went back, I went, "Come on, I mean, do we need to like ultrasound her gut?
1: Yeah, come on, I let's mean, do yeah, yeah.
2: yeah." And meanwhile, I had been plying her with probiotics, and it, she was getting to the point where she just didn't even want to take them. She sure. didn't want anything in her food. I switched to home cooked, thinking, "Okay, maybe the raw is too raw, and her stomach's upset." So I cooked. No. And finally, the only thing I could get her to eat was this kibble. Stella and Chewy's, by the way. Yeah. Um, and But she would eat like this tiny little handful. And every time I went back to the vet, she'd lost another pound or a half a pound. And I was starting to freak out. And the vet's like, oh, she's – and we did the CBC, perfect blood, which of course was great. But the vet, I was like, look, she's losing weight. And he's like, well, she's healthy. And I'm like, yeah, but she's losing weight. Right, yeah. <laughs> something's not right, yes, I guess. something's yeah. not right. And, he, you know, I said, well, c- should we x-ray? No, no, you know, just, you know, dogs can fast. And, and he was totally not, you know, she didn't have diarrhea and she didn't had no temperature and So I, you know, I I went home in sort of just utter frustration, right? And I called a friend of the Healthy Critters show, Lizzie Meyer, in Texas. Lizzie is a medical intuitive. And I I just, you know, laid it all out for Lizzie, just seeing if she could make, she saw something that I wasn't seeing. And she said, well, have you tried Manuka? And I said, Manuka? For for her stomach, mm-hmm. she said, "Yeah." I went, "Well, okay." So, um, Wookie didn't think much of manuka, and I sort of had to force it into her mouth because manuka at therapeutic levels is is quite a strong tasting honey. And by gosh, within twelve hours, that dog was wolfing down her food Interesting. like normal. So I I went down the rabbit hole to figure this out, and Manuka does work on acid reflux and intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which is known as SIBO, and I think that's what she was suffering from because now – I mean, within 12 hours, and then I, I have given it to her now once a day for a week, and she's just gobbling everything in sight.
1: And she's fine. Interesting.
2: And she's totally fine. And she's back to gnawing on her bones and the things that she wasn't doing before. So it, she may have needed you know, a bacterial rebalance that the probiotics just couldn't do. Right. And maybe that was, in fact, because of acid reflux. Um, But whatever, Manuka... So interesting. ...taking care of it. It's really interesting.
1: Okay, so here's here's one more question to this because if someone is listening, they're going to, obviously, they're going to go on Amazon or they're going to Google it. And there's... A bunch of different ways to buy it, you know. There's, I don't know if you'd call it different strengths or whatever. Do you, do you have recommendations for that?
2: Okay, so you, you're looking for the unique Manuka factor. It's it's abbreviated as U, M as and Mary, F as in Frank. UMF. Okay. okay. The lowest grade is 10. The highest is 20. Um, right. I like to be in the 15 to 20 range to treat therapeutically wounds, obviously uh, internal gastrointestinal issues. So 15 to 20 is where you want to be.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So, so people that are listening, if they decide they want to use it, and by the way, it's excellent in tea. It, it's good for human consumption as well. Tigger and I can go on and on and on about what you can obviously do with the horses as well. Um, but it, uh, around, cause I've just, you know, Googled a couple of these and I found some that are, you know, K factor of 16. So you're, you're saying somewhere around the 15 mark is where probably is the easiest place to be.
2: Um, UMF is the U-M-F. designation you want to look for. UMF. UMF. Okay. U-M-F. Okay. Perfect. Unique Manuka factor. And if you've had some great experiences with dogs or horses using Manuka, let us know. Please, let us know. Here we are at Critter Nutrition, and today we're going to talk about supporting the respiratory tract. Because of the horrendous fires in California and the subsequent toxic air, I think it's timely and very important to look at the equine respiratory system and how to support it. Respiratory health conditions are the second leading cause of poor performance in sport horses. These health conditions include respiratory tract infections, dorsal displacement of the soft palate. Roaring, exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage, pneumonia, inflammatory airway disease, and recurrent airway obstruction, which is known as COPD or HEAVES. The respiratory tract begins at the nostrils and includes the nasal passages, guttural pouches, soft palate, larynx, trachea, thorax, and lungs. The respiratory system not only takes in oxygen but gets rid of carbon dioxide, which is a waste product within the mitochondria of the muscles during exercise. The waste carbon dioxide is then breathed out with every exhalation of the horse. Comparing various flow rates reported in liters per second shows that the air flow velocity in exercising horses ranges from 64 to 79, while the average hairdryer is measured at 40, and the typical airflow velocity of an exercising human is only 4. The amount of air moved in and out of the lungs increases in direct proportion to the horse's speed. At the canter and gallop, one breath equals one stride. When thinking of the great secretariat and his incredible triple crown achievement, consider, considered one major physical advantage he had, a large heart and lungs, which, which provided a super high capacity to use oxygen. Air quality is a major risk factor in respiratory diseases and respiratory health issues. Even horses living outside 24-7 are at risk if exposed to environmental pollutants such as car exhaust, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide, and ozone. Allergens such as molds, pollens, and yeasts can contribute to respiratory challenges. Poor ventilation in barns in the winter can increase horses' exposure to molds and dust. Don't forget ammonia. It's a caustic gas that begins with excess dietary protein and is expelled through the urine in the form of urea. Ammonia can take its toll on athletic abilities and quality of life. Supporting the respiratory tract. Vitamins A and C are important antioxidants for respiratory health. Vitamin C is found in the fluid lining of the airways and vitamin E in the lung tissue. Although horses make their own vitamin C, stress, air quality, and allergens can lead to additional supplementation requirements. I use whole oranges with the peel and put them in a food processor. The whole orange includes rutin and other important bioflavonoids like vitamin P. There is a ton of debate about supplementing vitamin C in a powder or as a feed additive. Some research points to low bioavailability of supplemental vitamin C ascorbic acid. That's why I choose the food route. Other food choices are wheatgrass, spirulina, sprouted grains, rose hips, kale, kiwis, papayas, and strawberries. Hay is virtually devoid of vitamin C. One of the best plant sources of vitamin C is amalaki, also known as Indian gooseberry. The extract, which we use at Biostar, provides 20 times more vitamin C than an orange. You can find it in our Receptor EQ and Quantum EQ formulas. Horses get vitamin E from fresh grass, but that requires grazing six to eight hours per day. Vitamin E content of hay depends on harvesting, curing, and storage. Low vitamin E content of hay is common these days. There are many vitamin E supplement choices. For high therapeutic levels, I recommend Elevate by Kentucky Performance Products or NanoE from Kentucky Equine Research. For maintenance, I recommend Camelina Oil. The respiratory tract is the home of various microorganisms, including L-rhamnosus. Biostar's Bioflora EQ provides this specific microorganism for respiratory support. Unhealthy air. If your horse is exposed to unhealthy air from forest fires, stall ammonia, car exhaust, sulfur dioxides from fossil fuels, burned by power plants and other industrial facilities – If your horse is near a volcano, locomotives, extraction of metal from ore, pesticides, chemical fertilizers, herbicides carried on the wind, or lives with poor air quality due to pollution or dust, you will want to add additional nutritional support. Horses traveling long distances may also benefit from additional respiratory support, support foods and plants. A strong immune system is important important for supporting the respiratory tract. Bovine colostrum supports the immune system by regulating the thymus, the master gland of the immune system. Colostrum also provides 70 different growth factors for cellular repair. Specific herbs such as mullein, echinacea, yarrow, and Irish moss assist the body in combating toxins and pollutants. I highly recommend the silver lining herbs formula called 22 Respiratory Support. Essential oils. I know several horse owners who use essential oils to support their horses when there are respiratory challenges. Common oils used include eucalyptus, frankincense, and fennel. You can put a few drops in your hand and cup it under the horse's nose so that he breathes in the aroma. You can also use a diffuser plugged into an electrical outlet in the barn aisle or outside your horse's stalls. Hay steamers can be hugely beneficial for horses with COPD as well as horses breathing air from forest fires or industrial fires. The Hay Gain hay steamer is said to eliminate 99% of mold, fungi, yeast, and bacteria. Simple ways to reduce inflammation of the respiratory tract. As long as your horse is not living near a fire forest fire zone, or in an area experiencing wind drift or fire smoke or agricultural chemicals, keeping horses outside as much as possible can help reduce inflammation of the airways. Barns with good ventilation include open front stalls and large outside windows in each stall. Ceiling fans are also beneficial, particularly in warm climates. Feed hay on the ground as much as possible. This can be challenging for metabolic horses that need slow feeding hay nets. It is advisable to put at least one flake of hay on the ground twice a day for metabolic horses because ground feeding helps promote drainage from the horse's airway. Soaking the hay will reduce some of the sugars as well as dust and other particles. Avoid feeding round bales to horses with COPD. Many barns use leaf blowers to clear the aisles. This stirs up dirt and dust and blows it to the level of the horse's nose. If you use a leaf blower, use it when the horses are turned out. Arena dust can be an issue for horses as well as riders. If your horse is creating a dust cloud in the arena, know that he is breathing in that dust. And from an old Sanskrit proverb, for breath is life, so if you breathe well, you will live long on earth. And here we are at Coffee Clatch and with the holidays coming up, thought we would share some funny holiday stories about pets. (laughs) And um, I'm actually going to share one about Hedwig because it's one of the funniest ones.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I can't wait to hear this.
2: Hedwig's servant was given um, a nice box of, a small box, of chocolate-covered espresso beans. That's all I need to know.
1: (laughs) Which she had
2: in her truck, which she had um, uh, not in the back seat with the dogs. Mm -hmm. But she stopped to get some coffee. She stopped to give a lesson or something. So she was parked. The dogs were in the car. She comes back. And Hedwig had eaten the box. Of Ugh, chocolate espresso Naughty, 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 naughty. Well, naughty, first naughty. you think chocolate, dead
1: dog, right? Yeah. An espresso, little dog <laughs> with chocolate. Come on.
2: She didn't sleep for three days.
1: Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> I believe it. She didn't throw up. She didn't get sick. No problems with the chocolate. She just never went to sleep for three days. That's pretty badass. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying. That's pretty badass. So what funny holiday story do you have, Patty P?
1: Well, I have um, two different stories, um, and they are about the same dog, um, Boris. Do you remember Boris, Tigger? He was my little miniature pincher. Whole story as to how I got that sweet little thing. But Boris was basically just a terrier and that's all I'm going to say about that but we had had um a nice little um, I I can't remember it was a pre-holiday dinner because I I know it was Peter and the girls and I was before Ray was born and we had had just had had dinner and it was um we were in Virginia and it was unusually warm and so we decided to eat and then go outside just because it was so beautiful out before it got really dark and I didn't clean anything up off the table. And um, when we came back inside, and we had only been outside for a couple minutes. We were just, you know, kind of letting the kids blow off their steam and run around and, you know, whatever. And when we came in, we came into um, Boris, who, again, was a miniature pincher, on top of the table, on top of the turkey. And it was hard to tell the two apart. And we walk in, and it was like one of those Hey, hey, and then you yell, and that little dog, who was probably soaking wet, I don't know, 20 pounds, (laughs) grabbed that carcass off the table and took off. And it was, oh, oh, no, he was gone. He was gone. And so now we're chasing him around the house. So note to self, just clean up. Don't go outside. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I was just like, this is going to end so badly. This is going to end. We were just having the nicest time, and this is going to end so badly. But, yeah, he. I mean, I don't even know how. And the thing that was so odd about it, it we had a smaller kitchen table at that point because it wasn't, We, you know, our family wasn't that big. And the, the chairs to get up onto the table all had rollers on them, which was a little weird, but like how he was able to jump from like, a tile floor and get on this chair. Like, I mean, he was really determined because I guarantee you that chair didn't sit still. So, yeah. But anyway, we did get the turkey back. Um, I have all my digits, but um, it, it, <laughs> oh my God. it was. It, yeah. No, he didn't eat for a week because most the, most of it was gone. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was naughty. How about you, Jennifer? Yeah. Well,
5: regular listeners at the Horse Radio Network know that Glenn and I have greyhounds. And this happened when we had our first greyhound, Bam Bam. (laughs) Oh, great name.
1: Bam Bam. Great name.
5: We called her Bam Bam because when she would stand in the hallway at the back door to go out to go for a walk... When she'd wag her tail, she was big enough that her tail would go smack, smack, smack and bam against the wall on both sides. Aww. She was bam, bam. And um, we hadn't had her for very long, and the holidays roll around. And um, at that time, we had a retail store inside of our home. So the retail store staff was there, and seeing as how it was the holidays, one of them was going to make us homemade bread, which she did. She took it out of the oven to put it on the countertop to to cool, and it was... The whole house smelled of homemade bread. It was wonderful. Mm. Yes. And she walked out to the kitchen to slice said bread and said, Hey guys, where'd you put the loaf of bread? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's
5: see the loaf of bread. Mm. And um, we, we all kind of just looked at each other and had no idea where that loaf of bread went. And I don't know who looked at the dog first, but, Somebody looked at the dog and there she was giving us her best greyhound sheepish look and she you could actually see the loaf of bread inside of her. Oh. I don't think she oh even chewed it. You know, cuz a greyhound there's not a lot there, right? They're pretty much bones uh, and sinew. So you you could see the shape of the loaf of bread. Oh, my oh gosh, God. that's just yeah. So from that point forward no bread product was allowed to be left out in our home. She oh. would, she would leave meat but didn't get, bread was her Achilles heel. Anything mm. bread. Mm. Uh, yeah. She wasn't any worse for the wear in the long run. She had a little bit of, of uh Thanksgiving coma going, but yeah. it was just so funny. It's like see the loaf inside the top.
1: Oh, that's just too funny.
2: Well, my my own my only personal funny holiday pet stories with a cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this had nothing to do with the Christmas tree. This had to do with food. And uh, this is a really long time ago because I was married and we were having, we had my uh, brother and sister-in-law for Christmas and, We made a nice Christmas dinner. It was like Christmas Eve dinner. And I had set the butter out on the table. (laughs) And for some reason, we decided to go out with the dogs. And so we went out for a walk with the dogs before dinner. And I think something was still in the oven. And we come back in. And there is my wonderful Maine Coon cat dining on this Big chunk of butter, and he <laughs> oh. it down so much. It it had it was like a sway back piece of butter. That's how long he'd been. Yes, oh, and Maine sweet. coons are big cats, so he didn't have food for quite a while. Wow. Oh boy! Yeah. yeah, I love butter. I love, but I I, butter I mean, too. he was such a good cat. I never expected that he would get on the table and lick the and lick and, and I mean. It really looks sway back. He ate it out of the middle.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: Everybody knows so, that. It's so, so funny. S- wow. So if you've got a funny holiday pet story, let us know at helpycritic.com.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the
2: horse radio network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For
1: details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks.
2: Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your Wookiee. Yawn with your Yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. <laughs>